With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, March 31st. Before we get to another edition of Technique Tuesday with our friends from My Tennis HQ, just want to remind all of you listeners that today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Diadem Sports, and you know what I'm about to say. Diadem Sports is helping tennis players across the globe elevate their games by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. You know about their Elevate 98. You know about their Nova 100. Their five different sets of strings, all able to help accentuate your game regardless of your playing style, but also tailor-made for each playing style out there. Uh, so I don't need to talk about that anymore. What I am going to say is this. In these times that are so uncertain, so many of us are you know, facing so much stress in our everyday lives. It means so much to us that we have the continued support from our friends at Diadem Sports. And the least we can ask you to do, if you have any tennis playing needs, even if you're just hitting against the wall at your house and however you're playing tennis, I do please ask, make sure you follow those social distancing guidelines. Make sure you're staying safe, staying healthy. Uh, But if you have any tennis needs, Diadem Sports can fulfill them. So go to their website, diademsports.com. Another gift for you listeners, use our promo code CR50 to get 50% off all of your tennis needs. And again, we are so grateful for their support. The least we can do is ask you to go support them. Now, before we get to today's interview with Austin Rapp again of my Tennis HQ, there was a little bit of news that I want to talk about real quickly. The NCAA vote on whether they were going to extend an extra year of eligibility to all of those seniors, spring sports seniors whose uh, final or you know winter sports seniors, I suppose as well, whose seasons were coming to an end, but those seniors who had their last final year of eligibility wiped away by the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the voting results came out today and I suppose it is, let's start with the good news, because there is good news, there's also bad, you know, there's pros and cons to this decision, but let's just start with the decision. The Division I Council extends eligibility for student-athletes impacted by COVID-19. The Division I Council on Monday voted to allow schools to provide spring sports student-athletes an additional season of competition and an extension of their period of eligibility. Now, of course, the key phrase there, spring sport athletes, that does qualify men's and women's tennis. It does not qualify sports like basketball, who were, you know, March Madness, all of those athletes. Their, their season is over. Um, but, and you know, that that's something that's up for debate of whether winter athletes who were impacted, no doubt. If you're a fourth-year senior, your team had maybe you weren't a big, you know, mid-major conference and you had won your conference, you were going to get maybe your school's first chance to play in March Madness. Of course, that's something that absolutely, it's gut-wrenching that that was taken away from everybody, from anyone, and we've talked about that at length. But, 
you know, listen to this next paragraph because I think this explains the decision um, members or I'm not just saying justifies what I'm saying explains. I want to make that clear before I read it. Members also adjusted financial aid rules to allow teams to carry more members on scholarship to account for incoming recruits and student athletes who had been in their last year of eligibility who decide to stay. I believe that means it's uh, you know, four and a half scholarships for the men uh, per season on usual. I think it's seven, eight for the women. I think it's seven. Um, but, you know, what this is saying is in an, uh, in a nod to the financial uncertainty faced by higher education, the council vote also provided schools with the flexibility to give students the opportunity to return oh, to the 2021 uh, without requiring that athletics aid be provided at the same level awarded for 2019-2020. So what they're saying there is, hey, you know, we're feeling stressed by schools and to a certain degree, come on, you're the NCAA. Um, I mean, here's the thing. They didn't have March Madness this year, and that is their billion-dollar with a B money-making event, and that certainly will impact every school and the fact that, you know, they lost X amount of basketball games. We don't know if we're going to see a football season. Those are the two biggest revenue-generating sports. Let's just be frank about that. Uh, Certainly, that will play a factor in the financial flexibility. That's what that announcement is alluding to, and then it says this flexibility applies only to student-athletes who would have exhausted eligibility in 2019-2020, meaning if you are still on the team and you're not a senior, you weren't a senior last year, you know, you are still going to be required to be provided that athletic aid. But again, uh, more members on scholarship to account for the incoming recruits and student-athletes who had been in their last year of eligibility means both teams can exceed the four and a half or the seven amount for the men and women, respectively. Uh, it means that they're, you know, you're going to be able to have expanded rosters. We're going to see some rosters that are bigger than usual. And I know conferences have certain rules uh, depending on what conference you are and how many people can travel to a certain match, uh, how many people you can have on the active roster. I think that's, you know, they're unlimited depending on your size, but still, um, it's certainly going to create some loaded rosters and some you know incredible depth depending on who comes back for what school but there's also the idea of is it going to accentuate the gaps between the haves and the haves not certainly if you're a USC and you get to bring back Holt and Smith for another year then that's by the way assuming they are going to come back and that's a whole nother discussion we're going to speculate on that and more uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast with my college tennis holy trinity of Chris Hallioris and Matt Stekoe I can have a really fun college tennis exercise a way too early look at the top 10 and you know the seniors we would bring back if you know you can pick one snake draft we're going to have fun you'll see stick in stay tuned for tomorrow's mini break I'm also going to have Andy Cat uh, you know, former I interviewed Obama and got his March Madness picks. Of course, you know him from ESPN, his time now at CBS. Uh, one of the best out there, certainly, and we are so thrilled to have the chance to chat with him tomorrow to talk more about this. Uh, but again, just to sort of read through it, schools also will have the ability to use the NCAA Student Assistant Fund to pay for scholarships for students who take advantage of additional eligibility flexibility in 2021. What the NCAA is trying to say is, hey, schools, we know this is going to create some financial stress, and again, we can argue on the merits of that at a different time but you know they are trying to say we are going to make this possible for any senior who wants to come back and again this decision certainly has things we can critique and people who are much more versed in why certain aspects of NCAA are in you know incorrect and should be fixed and are unfair for athletes and we can go into that at length that's not what I'm trying to do right now I'm going to talk about that with Andy Katz tomorrow but on the whole as a net 
it's absolutely a good thing that so many of these seniors, particularly for our sport of tennis, and again, that's a little selfishly thinking just of tennis, but this is a tennis podcast. I'm thrilled that those athletes, should they want to, are going to have the chance to go back to compete for another season. And for so many, college tennis is the peak of your playing career. And after that, you, you stop playing. You go on to whatever non-off-the-court you know off the court activity it may be, or you go into coaching, or still, uh, just for so many, this is the peaks of their playing career, and I'm so thrilled that so many will get the opportunity to extend that one more year, hopefully, assuming we all stay healthy and follow the social distancing rules so we can get through this all as fast and painlessly as possible. Um, But, you know, when there will be tennis again, and there will be tennis again, uh, it's great that we're going to get to see so many of these athletes have the chance to come out and compete again because it did feel like we were robbed of what was about to be a really exciting, you know, when uh, seven different teams can win NCAA championship for the men, at least for the women, you know, North Carolina, all those seniors, Davitella and Graham and uh, McKenna Jones, that they get the chance to put the proper seal on their career should they want to. That's exceptional as well. So, you know, on the net, really excited about this decision. There's still a lot of details to work on. And again, we will talk about those things more tomorrow with Andy Katz, with Chris Halliors, and Matt Stachowiak. For now, enjoy my conversation. It's a Technique Tuesday. That means we're talking to one of the guys from My Tennis HQ. And today we bring on UCLA All-American and My Tennis HQ co-founder, Austin Rapp. Here's that conversation now. Joining us now for another Technique Tuesday here on the Mini Break, the former UCLA All-American and co-founder of My Tennis HQ, Austin Rapp. Austin, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, Alex. Good. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, it is always a pleasure. I keep saying this, but anytime I get one of these conversations, given the self-quarantines, I'm just, I'm just so excited to talk to another person. Yeah, it's nice. A little bit of uh, not human contact, but as close as we can get right now. No, I had to go buy groceries because I can only eat so much peanut butter. And I was like at the <laughs> deli counter and she's asking me, you know, I was getting turkey. She's like, do you want it sliced thick or thin? And I just like, I, maybe it's because I haven't interacted with humans in a while, but I like took a second. I was like, oh, thin, please. And she's like, is this your first time? And I was like, no, it's not my first time buying turkey. I just haven't freaking interacted with anyone. I'm sorry. It didn't register that you were talking to me. And I guess that's, you know, that's a me problem, but that's where my head is at going into this one. That's why I'm always thrilled to uh, get the chance to talk a little technique Tuesday, especially uh, I imagine again, with the going quarantine, have you started, t- you know, doing these mock shadow drills at home? What's your regimen looking like right now, Austin? Uh, uh, my regimen's not looking too serious. Uh, <laughs> As far as tennis goes right now, uh, just kind of trying to stay, lay low and uh, get get through each day one at a time, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and I I can only imagine. I, I know we talked about this last time, but it is must be nice to at least get a little bit of rest for your body. Although at a certain point, we're all getting antsy. Um, but you know, again, we are so happy to have you back on the podcast today to be partnered with you guys at My Tennis HQ because you guys keep the content rocking and rolling, offering so many different things for uh, people 
players of the game regardless of level tips if they want to improve their level and today we are focusing on an article you wrote about improving your serve variation that's the title of the article and I think you buried the lead because if I had hit with Roger Federer that would have been the story but I have to ask you about that before we get into this how did come you know how'd you get that opportunity and what was it like Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I lived in Palm Springs. That's where I went to high school. And uh, obviously with Indian Wells being there, um, I've been going to the event since I was really little. And um, the last two years, I got the opportunity to be a hitting partner out there. And um, I got I got a chance to hit with a lot of the top guys. And uh, Roger happened to be one of them my senior year. So that was definitely one of the best experiences of my life. Was it one of those, uh, you know, an hour, two I There's no way he's on the court for two hours at this point, no. or, you know, at any point in his life. 30 minutes? What did it look like? Um, one of the days was 30 minutes warming up for his match, and then the next was, like, maybe a little longer than that. Um, but it was, a, it was a pretty relaxed 30 to 45 minutes. It wasn't a, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I broke a sweat, but... <laughs> That's at least fun. I mean, it's not like you were hitting serves at him. And he's like, "Hey, I need you to mimic whoever he was playing that round." No, no, no. The Roger, he he probably spent more time drinking water than uh, hitting <laughs> hitting tennis balls. But that's that's fine. I'll, I was uh, I was happy to get get whatever I could with the guy, share the court yeah. with him. That the man, not many people can say that. So that was that was a lot of fun. Exactly, and you didn't lose either, so you can say you shared the court and it's you're true. still you know, undefeated against him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, so take it. But uh, you said one of the things you noticed, and certainly it's not just from that hitting session, but just from watching Roger Federer play, uh, that's sort of how you framed the opening of this, is just how effective he is with his first serve. And, you know, he can pop it in the 120s, but his serve's never going to be as big as the biggest servers on tour. And you talk about why his placement and his spin variation is what make him so effective. Can you sort of elaborate on that concept? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of been a hot topic in the last few years. I think he's, you know, Fed comes up and he's breaking all these records, uh, whether it's percentage of, you know, service games won or most aces or this or that. And you're looking at the guy like, this guy, you know, I mean, his his speed is average. So the, you know, tennis fan, not really one of the experts might say, hey, what's going on there? Um, but it's... It's obviously the way he places it and, you know, he's obviously a master. So um, the way he's able to place the serve and follow it up with the first ball and uh, disguise the server, his biggest weapons with it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, obviously uh, every good pro that um, has a good serve and and varies their serve well, they they all do this as well. But uh, Fed was... Uh, he's he's just about as good an example as you can get for anything. So uh, I wanted to use him. No, that's fair. A different generation would be like, what about Pete? Um, but, you know, make better YouTube highlights of him and then we can talk. Um, but, you know, for uh, that variation, you know, you, you talk about him. You've been on pro tour you play the highest levels of college tennis i feel like all of you guys can pop a serve 120 if you need to um what is it about you know what makes the good servers on tour is it the fact that just you know you talk about it a little bit in the article but what differentiates the best servers from everyone else on tour 
Um, it comes uh, a little different for everyone. You know, if you have a live arm, some of these guys, Fritz, Curios, uh, they have live arms and they're able to, <laughs> Curios is out there popping, you know, 140 second serves. <laughs> Uh, you can't really teach that, you know, but at the same time, uh, for those of us who can't pop a second serve 140, you got to have all of the pieces to the puzzle. And, uh, the most important I think is, is the serve variation and keeping your, keeping your opponent on his heels, not really knowing where you're going. I mean, that's something that I use, um, probably the most is, yeah, I'm six, five and I, uh, my serve is my strength, but, the most effective serve sometimes, you know, on the big points, I'm going to use the kick wide or something like that. Uh, to Sometimes that one's, that one is the most effective. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I'm curious, how frequently do you work on your serve? Because you talk about how it's the one thing you don't need a practice partner. You don't really need a coach to go out there and work on. How frequently is that something you're doing on your own? Um, I mean, it's one of those things that, Obviously, I and I do talk about that in the article. Is you can get better at it on your own, and uh, it's something that everyone probably should spend a little bit more time on. Uh, I try to work on it a little bit every practice. Um, sometimes it it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. But uh, try to you know at least just stay sharp with it. Uh, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And you talk about just it's as simple as setting up targets, right? You can keep things pretty easy and just go after them. It doesn't really matter uh, what spins, what speeds you're working with. Well, the the most important thing is to have intention, right? So mm-hmm. not just I, I see a lot of people, oh, they get their basket of balls. And the, I teach more so is, uh, you know, knowing when you step up to the line, which serve you're hitting and, and go and try to hit it to the best of your ability. Um that's that's kind of the most important thing because obviously at the end of the day you're trying to in a match recreate that you're you're obviously going for um you know you want to execute the serve that you had in mind so the only way to really practice that is to have a visualization before and go for it Mm -hmm. and how frequently i feel like something we can all do at home right now is literally just toss the ball up in the air and i know that sounds you know (laughs) kind of it would be foolish to look at in the mirror but it does make sense um but for you you know disguising the toss is something you toss about and uh, talk about and that's probably one of the most difficult things for you know average tennis players is to hit the same spin uh variety of spins at the same contact point at different times uh again how is that something you work on just through repetition yeah, it's through repetition. There's some certain drills that you can do uh, to work on that. Obviously, my kick serve toss is going to be a little bit different than my first serve toss, but uh, I try to teach and and do myself, practice myself, um, trying to be able to hit basically every serve from the same toss just so that uh, the the opponent that I'm playing against doesn't know what is coming and uh, that's that's where I'm able to burn a guy on maybe a 100, 105 mile an hour serve out wide as opposed to 
the big 130 tier. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, in your mind, what's the toughest serve to hit? Uh, I, str- I struggle the most with the And slice. by the way, this is not a scouting report. This is it confidential is, yeah, information. It's going to be, yeah. but no, <laughs> yeah. uh, no. The serve I struggle the most with is the T-serve on the ad side, like the slice T. Um, I'm able to get it out wide pretty well on the deuce, but uh, yeah, I think that's the that's the toughest serve to hit for a lot of people. Just, just yeah, that it is a tough one. I would only go for that one when I was feeling it. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling <laughs> loose today. Let me go. And I'm sure you know, for you, that'd be like, yeah, this is a rough Tuesday. But for me, it, it was yeah, it, it worked effectively every so often. Um, my doubles partner in college who wanted me to ask you if you remember the name Max Rothman. Uh, yeah, of I'm, course. Yeah, a uh, guy who I played club tennis with in college. Nice. Uh, yeah, when we were feeling, I would always say, "Ad said I'm going T," and he'd be like, "I love it," uh, <laughs> because I would do it so infrequently. But uh, you know, for me, I never had to worry about tells because I, my serves just not that good. You're, you know where it's going. Um, but I'm curious, do you have tells? You know, and how do you work to get rid of them? That sounds almost as much mental as it would be any physical adjustments. Um, yeah, I mean, I talk about it in the article tells are basically something that tip your opponent off on where you're serving before you hit the ball. So, uh, a lot of people have certain tells where if they're going to hit a kick serve, they toss it way to the left, way over their head, or if it's a slice serve over way to the right. Um, so obviously getting rid of those things is going to help your, your disguise, uh, ways to work on it. I mean, I guess one of the drills you can do is you have a buddy stand behind you and when you toss the ball, they have to tell you where to hit it. So your toss is going to be the same and then you got to kind of create that uh, that certain serve that he calls out. Um, I like that one. No, that sounds fun. That's a social distancing appropriate one too. Yeah, as long as you're six feet from... away. As long as you're yeah. six feet away, then you're good. You can even have him FaceTime in and be like, just yell out right, right before I'm serving and hope there's there not go. a delay uh, so it doesn't screw up my contact point. And by the way, I kind of let a swing pass there, but you say you remember Max Rothman. I have to ask the follow-up. Fond memories, not fond memories. He's above, I would say he's a guy with a live arm in his head, but, uh, you know. <laughs> fond I memories. I remember I played him once at a high school uh, when we were like probably like 16. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I do remember. He, he was a hothead. <laughs> <laughs> literally red hair hot head yeah, that, uh, oh that's true too but he was he he had a little bit of a temper oh. i like it i like the oh. fire the competitive fire still does it's why we get along um but yeah that that's great that was the sound but i was looking for um yeah and so you know you you go through the rest of the article and again you, you talk about all of these different things you know toss consistency and by the way the gifts of keegan serving is just a perfect example um yeah. but you also you also talk about uh this idea of being unpredictable and obviously it's a lot easier to be unpredictable when you can hit multiple serves but you know i i really liked your analogy uh, to it, it likening it to a pitcher uh, can you share that mm-hmm. analogy here yeah so when I was younger coach said kind of serve like a pitcher because I played baseball when I was younger um, and that's kind of something that stuck with me through the years is when, when I'm watching a baseball game you see the pitcher it's, every pitch has a purpose it's methodical oh, I'm going to go here because they, they kind of set up the um, the strike zone the way that they want to uh, and serving is the same. Uh, you know, if you're up 40-15, uh, 
might go for a serve that uh, is a little bit unexpected, a little bit out of your comfort zone so that you can burn them on the bigger point with serve that you're more comfortable with. Um, uh, yeah, so I kind of talk about that in the article. Will you, you know, 40-15, uh, for me, that's always, I'm going to try the slice out wide on the deuce point, which is, again, another risk for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You throw that one in there every so often to be, you know, or whatever your risky serve is, just to not to be aggressive, but just to throw them off the scent? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, one of the things that I try to incorporate in my game is being as unpredictable, unpredictable as possible. So on every 40-30 point, I'm not going for the same serve. But, um, for example, if I'm up 40 love, I might throw in a serve and volley that I usually wouldn't or, um, you know, something, something completely off the wall. Just, uh, you know, the less looks that your opponent has uh, on your best serves, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And for you as a returner, is it more difficult for someone who, again, is less predictable? I mean, I'm sure it's to a certain degree, but it, what's more difficult, the unpredictable server or the guy who can just blast you off the court? Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on <laughs> on yeah, how sure. how good the guy is blasting it. You know, if if you got curious, someone like that serving one forty flat wide and hitting his spot, there's not too much you can do. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would say playing against someone who's unpredictable is is much tougher. Uh, if I'm playing a match and you know you're playing out there for three hours, you kind of start to understand the guy's game more and more. Uh, you can see some big points, and if you can get a little tip off on where he's going, uh, that could be that could be critical. It could win or lose matches. Yeah, no, that was a loaded question. It was not a good question, but like to a certain point, you know, Kyrios, Isner, Opelka. Uh, there's a uh, uh, who am I missing there? There are plenty more you can name, and there's a reason mm-hmm. those guys are at the top. But it's just them who can get away with doing it because their serves are the point one percent of serves out there. It's important for everyone else to have variation, to be unpredictable, to not have tells, and again to learn more about all of those things. Go check out the article "Improving Your Serve Variation" on mytennishq.com can also find that article on our website, crackedrackets.com. Austin, what else are you guys up to this week at My Tennis HQ? Everyone's holding up well. Carew hasn't gotten in it. You know, because after talking to Carew last week, I was reminded how confident a guy he is. Uh, he's yeah. not under anyone's skin yet? No, no, not at all. We've been, <laughs> we've been working hard. I mean, quarantining gives us a lot of time to work on these articles. I'm grateful that I uh, have something to keep myself busy. Um, but, yeah, we just finished up today – our uh 30 for 30 we did 30 articles in 30 days of march um so tomorrow's our (laughs) quote off day i guess and then uh in april we're starting a series of interviews where we went and interviewed uh 30 ex college tennis players and uh asked them a series of the same questions and we're going to be posting their responses to those questions. So um, we're we're actually really excited with what we've gotten back from those players and uh, excited to post those things. But we'll be posting one a day starting April 1st. So um, I know what we're going to be talking about next week. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, looking forward to it. And Westoff, can I get an applause sound effect? I Not to sound patronizing, but 30 articles in 30 days is ridiculous. So shout out to you guys. I think now, you know, we all know now how hard it is to make content consistently, and that's that's impressive. So seriously, well done by you guys. And if you guys have missed any of it, again, where can they, everyone find your stuff? 
Uh, yeah, everyone can find our stuff at mytennishq.com, uh, Instagram at mytennishq, and YouTube uh, mytennishq. So go check check our stuff out, and we're we're trying to put as much content out as we can. Yeah, and we love it here at Crack Rackets again. So excited for this partnership moving forward. Uh, last questions for you, just Austin. What what are you been up to? What what's this last week in quarantining look like? Uh, I really have been doing a lot of uh, my tennis HQ and sitting around. Um, <laughs> I I live by the beach, so that was uh, all good until they shut it down uh, last week. And yeah, now I am just trying to enjoy the sun in my driveway or writing articles and <laughs> creating content. So there you go. Sounds awfully familiar to me. Um, are you a guy who will watch film on YouTube? You'll go on, like, for me, I will always start out at Djokovic-Murray 2012 Australian Open semifinal, <laughs> just kind of work my way around. Uh, do you ever go on those sorts of events? Yeah, Carew and I were playing around with a little bit of YouTube the other day. Uh, let's see, what do we have on there? We had an old Agassi uh, Indian Wells match. We had, uh, man, oh, we had a little bit of Nalbandian. Uh, yeah we're i don't know we're tennis nerds so we we enjoy that stuff as much as the next guy uh so i i think i've given it away already but we have a series called cr classics coming out where we're just gonna Mm -hmm. it's a video series as well as podcast we're gonna look at some old matches i feel like one of one of these weeks we should get you on get you on the video you're definitely camera presentable uh (laughs) and maybe have i'm down to talk 90s as well Uh, you know i would watch a sampras agassi match from you know what i'm sure you can find the highlights on youtube and break it down if you're interested so you know just hey that'd be great that'd be a lot of fun yeah for sure so we'll keep you know it's it's no different It's no different than what Karu and I do on our couch when no one's listening. So, <laughs> oh, you say that I, I get a little racier. Uh, you know, my <laughs> jokes are a little more on edge than usual. No, I don't know. It's a pretty normal experience, but I think yeah, that that could be. It'd be like a film study. I feel like that's a natural yeah. progression. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my tennis observations probably a little less uh, justified. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll do them. But again, Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we will talk to you again soon. All right, you got it, Alex. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Take care. All right, bye. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with my Tennis HQ's Austin Rapp. And again, go to their website, go to their Instagram, support them however you can. We here at Cracked Rackets are so excited to be working with them moving forward to talk things like technique and just how we can all keep improving our tennis games and, you know, again, give ourselves a momentary break from the stresses of day-to-day life by thinking a little bit of tennis and, you know, the guys at my Tennis HQ offering all of the solutions to uh, whether it's on court, at home, little workouts, mental workouts, you can do as well. So big thank you to Austin for coming on today. And you can go find his article on our website, CrackedRackets.com. And of course, on their website as well, My Tennis HQ. A couple of other things to plug before we wrap this up. I talked about it in the intro. Really excited to get the chance to talk with Andy Katz of CBS Sports, formerly of ESPN, college basketball guru, a guy who's obviously taken a larger role in college tennis as well as of late. Uh, on tomorrow's podcast for more on the NCAA's decision. Also going to have a really fun podcast tomorrow talking about the most impactful seniors who could come back next season with Chris Halioris, Matt Stokowiak 
as well, so be on the lookout for that tomorrow. Cracked interviews-wise, we've had some really fun guests as of late. Dennis Kudla, which I believe is being released today. We've also had Claire Liu, Christy Ahn of, you know, obviously Top 100, but also whose social media has just been killing the game. Uh, so all of those interviews in the queue, cracked interviews-wise, mini breaks every day. Jamie and I did a really fun college tennis-esque exercise. We picked uh, college D1 rosters from the ATP rankings. There were rules for each slot, uh, for each position. One singles could be top 10, uh, number two singles, 10 through 20, and so on and so forth, as well as doubles lineups as well. That was, again, a really fun exercise. And if you guys want to pick your teams, share them with us, please, on social media, at Cracked Rackets, at Great Shot Pod, at Jamie McDonald. We want to hear from you. We think, uh, you know, at times like this, it's important. We all stay socially distanced, but we stay connected as well. Physically distanced is the better term. You know, we still want to stay connected and hear from all of you. And again, um, so go check out the minute break. We've also, as I teased with Austin, CR Classics is in the queue. Uh, it is our breakdown of some of the best matches of the past, you know, just in tennis history. And we break it down with video highlights on YouTube as well as in podcast form. Speaking of YouTube, our, you know, a product we are so proud of. Our third episode of Overserved, our look at all of the unintentional comedy that happens on a day-by-day basis in the tennis world. Episode three out on YouTube now. If you haven't, Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. I promise you'll enjoy it. It's these podcasts plus video graphics and more uh, video series. Again, super producer Daniel Westhoff just continues to f***ing kill it. Uh, So shout out to him for the job that he has to do day in, day out. Shout out, of course, to Max Fligner as well. Shout out to our friends at Diadem Sports. Go to their website, diademsports.com. That promo code CR50, 50% off your needs there. Uh, But with that in mind, for my wonderful guest today, my tennis HQ's Austin Rap for Super Producers, Max Flieger and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at Diadem Sports, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.